Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. Hope you're having a happy Thursday for everybody returning to the show. If you're new, welcome to this community. This is a podcast all about how some of the most interesting brands out there are mobilizing their masses, capturing real, genuine consumer experiences, and then circulating them back into their own communities to enhance, as the namesake of this show goes, the authentic influence they wield. And today, we are on with a company which has its roots in infancy. I'm on with Owlet, and specifically their chief marketing officer, Kadi Srinivasan. We talk all about how they are capturing the most raw and genuine moments from parents all around the world raising their infants, and all for a good cause. Of course, Owlet's products are designed at reducing SIDS, Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. On top of that, I'd never heard of a smart sock, so that was really interesting to me, and, and learning about how to essentially create a brand new product and how they marketed that. So all sorts of things are covered in this show. Really appreciated the chat, and now I'm going to let you hear it too. So without further ado, this is from Owlet, Caddy Srinivasan. All right, everybody. I am here with Owlet Care, specifically Caddy Srinivasan. Caddy, great to have you on the show today. How are you doing? So great to be here, Adam. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing wonderfully well. It's happy to have you back here uh, stateside. We were just talking briefly before this recording, listeners, about some travels abroad and uh, uh, specifically three weeks in India. Wow, very, very exciting. But now here you are and you're ready to tackle 2020 and specifically uh, tell us a little bit more about what Owlet is doing. As I understand it, you joined Owlet around the Q4 timeframe just before. Is that correct? That's right. Well, how's it been? That's the first thing I wanted to know because um, I this role is is a little bit uh, new to you for for Owlet, and uh, I just want to know what was it like to to dive into the role. Yeah, it has been amazing. Uh, you know, when I joined, when I was interviewing for this role, um, I met with the co-founders and particularly the CEO uh, Kurt, who was the who was a who was one of the founders of the company, and I was kind completely blown away by his vision and, and what he. Uh, wanted to try to do his basically the, the entire idea of starting this company was he wanted to solve this problem of SIDS. Uh, he 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 is I think personally on a mission to try to reduce the number of SIDS cases uh, in the world. And so I was completely blown away by the mission and by what they had achieved. And what I didn't know is when I came in and I started looking at the numbers and I started looking at what they've actually achieved. I was even more impressed with what they've been able to do um, with, without, quite honestly, a lot of um, investment or a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, the thing, traditional things that we would take for granted, particularly coming from a Bay Area company. So I, I think that speaks to the power of the product and the power of um, you know the the mission of the company and what we are trying to achieve and the success that we've seen in the marketplace with parents uh, that are using our product and the, that are uh, really loving it so much that they're uh, spreading the word and they're talking to more friends about it and, and it's kind of building this virtuous cycle. So it has been fantastic. The entire company is extremely mission-driven. It's probably one of the it's probably one of the most mission-driven companies that I'll probably ever work at, uh, given the level of impact it's having. And I, I'll get to that in a little bit. But, um, you know, just super high level, we get parents writing to us every week saying, 
your product literally saved my baby's life. Um, I was able to get her or him the care that she needed and we were able to save her life or his life. I, I, and it's been amazing to just to be part of that story. And this is a really, I think, strong way to, to, to start the description. You know, you know how many folks I, t- I talk to a lot of CMOs and it doesn't happen all the time that when I talk about somebody's journey, the first thing, I mean, the first thing, the first thing you just told me was all about uh, the mission and being values driven first. And of course, that, as you well know, has become very important for, for every company to to do. And, and well, whether they fully embody it or whether they simply project to is one thing. But it is clear, and I know from my research into Outlet, and it sounds clear from your initial conversations with the founding team and the executive team, um, that this is a critical concern. And, and of course, doing all that you can to prevent and manage SIDS and, and for the listeners, sudden infant death syndrome is highly, highly important. And we will get to that impact in a little bit. And I love that fact that the fact that people are, are writing in and, and giving you their opinion and telling you about their experience. And gosh, I hope that's being I hope that's being used well for the brand too. But before I jump into all of that, because maybe not everybody's done as much research as well the host of the podcast like me, why don't you talk <laughs> me a little bit about the product that Outlet's bringing to market, um, and specifically, I, th- I thought I've never heard of a smart sock. At least I hadn't before this. I think that's. Uh, I-, I bet that adults could get a lot of use out of that too. But I understand why it's best for infants, and uh, and of course with all the monitoring technology, I would love to just hear you bring that to light on the show, just so we have a standard set. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, our flagship product is the it's called the Smart Sock. Uh, essentially, it's a l- tiny little sock that wraps around the foot of an infant, and it provides biofeedback. And we specifically call out uh, the heart rate and oxygen levels as as part of the biofeedback. And what that enables parents to do is to basically keep watch on how their child is doing particularly at times when they are not able to actively monitor the children, uh, you know, at nighttime or nap time. And um, what our sock does is it's not just a, a sock, it's a smart sock in that it sends signals and notifications to uh, both a base station as well as your phone. So in case something happens, oxygen levels drop below a certain preset threshold or heart rate starts to accelerate beyond a certain threshold, it starts to send loud alarms that um, have woken up parents in the middle of the night and the they you know they they run over to the crib um, or to the nursery and watch that their baby is in distress and then they're able to revive and save the baby's life or rush them to the hospital get them the care that uh, they need so it's it's a it's a very um, it's basically a biofeedback um, system that's connected to your phone and that um, can that enables you to monitor your child especially when you are not you know in a position to do so or when you're not around all the time uh, that's our so- sock that's been on the market for a few years it's it's doing really well uh, the other one is the camera um, the camera is basically like any other infant camera but uh, the differentiation here is that it connects to the sock and it's able to give you the kind of resolution where you can see the baby's breathing um, so and it again connects to your phone um, you can use that in conjunction with the sock. Um, I, I sound like an infomercial at this point, but uh, it, it helps. Uh, together, uh, we we are trying to progress the idea that when your baby 
at the time that your baby needs the most monitoring uh, outlet is there to help you get the right information that you want at the right time um we also realized quickly that the in addition to these biofeedback things parents were tell, tell, telling us how do i even get my baby to sleep that's a big problem particularly in the first few months of a baby's life sleep training is such an important thing to do if you want to save your sanity as a parent so we came up with a solution where um you can basically go through like a a video course and be able to understand based on your child and your parenting philosophies how to best sleep train your your child and then finally um we are coming out with a new product called the pregnancy band um it's not in the market yet we're still kind of beta testing it uh it it gives you uh the the heart rate and the um and and uh, the heartbeat of your baby of uh, in, in the in the belly so it's for uh ladies who are pregnant from week 24 onwards so you kind of put all of this together the mission of the company has been to think about what are the best sort of products that are able to uh, you know create this uh, to bring new tech to the the baby ecosystem and help drive sleep what we call safe and sound um kind of uh, practices so safety on the one hand with the monitoring and the vitals and then sleep on the other hand with the, the some of the other products we are coming out with mm. and by the way doesn't sound like an infomercial at all in fact it's fascinating to somebody like me i don't have a child um that may happen at some point and i even before going through that experience would i'm sort of um gosh pre paranoid <laughs> about yeah. uh the, the the safety and making sure that everything goes all right and i of course love uh jumping into numbers and data and all that and knowing i mean this is the whole reason that um that i bought a a fitbit a smartwatch you know so i could have that stuff and um so that i knew that i was getting the right sleep and i knew that i was that my heart rate was normal and all and all that uh right and to be able to do that in the the most critical moments of um somebody's life and that that being their their infancy um is really really important so that is just yeah. cool first off right yeah i think that's the um you know that that was the 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 early adopters of our product we saw have were the people that were a little bit paranoid either because they'd been touched by some kind of tragedy tragedy or they'd heard about something else that had happened so they were um they were super anxious uh, they 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 were they wanted to know everything that was going on with baby all the time for whatever reasons and so we saw that in the first you know few years of the socks existence a lot of our customers were falling into that kind of a bucket now what we are seeing is is people who have gone from oh this is a must you know nice to have product to a must have because gosh i don't know what's happening i come home with a baby i'm a new parent um we think everything is fine but who knows right and and why would i not spend a little bit of money on this what uh, and and make sure that my baby is safe and everything is fine and i'm i i am completely aware and getting i'm getting the information i need to take action um why wouldn't i do that um it's, it just seems like a no brainer so we have a lot of parents now who are looking at this as 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 important as a car seat or a, a stroller 
and and uh, coming to us. Well, that must uh, make you as a brand feel very secure about the position that you're in, uh, and and to know that it can become a critical piece of sort of the uh, the baby infrastructure, the baby care infrastructure is, I'm sure, a very very exciting thing. If I could yep. ask, right at the top, you were talking mm-hmm. about the mission driven nature and the values that you have uh, come to understand that Owlet holds, and you've learned that over the last couple of months. But let's get yeah. into you a little bit. I, I want to learn just as a leader, as you're building this brand and, and as you are you know, adopting the CMO role, which pretty much changes by the quarter, really. Um, <laughs> I want to know what some of the values that you hold. I mean, what, what do you find really important as you seek to uh, extend Alex's position as part of that critical infant infrastructure? Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's, it is about being, uh, agile because there there's just so, there is no playbook for this because we have created products that are that ha, have basically created a category of uh, infant biofeedback and so uh, you know with the category creation comes the fact that you really don't have a playbook you don't have best practices you don't have anything that says yeah do this now then do this and then do x y and z so we are having to make things up as we go forward we are having to experiment we are having to learn very quickly and uh, course correct as in when needed so the uh, it's it's just a lot about you know applying this this kind of growth mindset and this idea that you can't be married to any one particular thing for too long so i think there there's just a big um, focus on, on that that um, that fortunately the team recognizes and we have all we are all try, trying to push for and that's one of my personal philosophies too is over the years uh, what I've noticed about myself is I really thrive in environments which are you know uncomfortable that are uncertain completely ambiguous no idea what's going to lead where um, and I just I enjoy that that particular kind of challenge um, I would say the second thing is um, the, 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 the second big thing value that I'm, tr- I am, I hold myself and I'm trying to push is this idea of collaboration. And it's such a cliched kind of a term, but in, in particularly in these kind of high growth environments, again, when you're trying to figure a lot of things out, there is no one person who has the best ideas. Um, it has to come from a team. It has to come from a team that is super cohesive and that has enough trust and enough credibility and respect amongst each other that we can trade ideas, knock ideas down, build on other ideas and just kind of move forward. And so that's another big thing that we are coalescing around is um, how do we make our work more efficient by kind of tapping into the collective wisdom and ingenuity and resourcefulness of the team. Um, I would say the third one is, you know, I I think, um, so so I'm, my role has, has, um, has a big responsibility around numbers. So I, I own the revenue for the company. And it's so easy to forget uh, our customers in the when you think about numbers. It's so easy to say, I need to make my revenue, so let's do X, Y, and Z and all the kind of stuff, which uh, isn't probably going to help our customers in the long or help us with our customers in the long term. So I think the third big value for me is, what are we doing this for? Who are we doing it for? And let's do things right. Let's do it the right way. Let's not try to do things that are uh, that get us some short-term revenue, but you know is going to be damaging in the long term. Let us do things because we are a mission-driven company, and we are here to help people, help families. 
Um, so that's that one big anchor point is one that um, you know I'm trying to push for and make sure that we are constantly, constantly on top of how we appear or how we are leaning into our customers. The nice thing is uh, a lot of us in the company are parents ourselves. So it's not hard to say, gosh, if I were a cons- consumer, I would hate this this thing. And so it's easy to kind of weed out all the bad ideas and bad pra- practices because we put ourselves in the shoes of a consumer. So I would say those are the three big things um, that I'm that I'm trying to uh, hold my team or push my team towards. And I'm sure that you are doing so very well and hopefully some little snippets of of how tactically to behave based on those values or something that you can help me with in just a little bit, because I always ask my guests for some advice, but we'll get to that soon. The first, uh, before I wanted to do that, you had told me also early on that you have uh, letters or messages written to you all the time from Mm -hmm. folks who are so grateful for the suite uh, of products and technology that Outlet brings because it literally, in some cases, saved their child's life. And yep. in doing a little bit of uh, looking around, I see that some of these stories are are positioned within uh, Alice brand architecture, specifically within testimonials. But I want to learn how you as the, the leader of the brand and then how the brand takes these stories. Or, or Let's start with this. Before we talk about taking the stories at all, how you foster them. I mean, do you go out and solicit this? Are people just writing you? Is, are there environments in which you are actively uh, encouraging them to... to to, to write or to, to create? How, how does that work? Yeah, I know. I, I would say, uh, you know, if you're a, if your product is great, you're probably getting tons of organic uh, testimonials, people who are just saying, this is amazing. I, I'm going to tell all my friends about it and I'm going to tell you how it, how much it means to me. So we certainly get our share of that. We get, you know, like I said earlier, we get at least a few stories a week that's, um, that are completely organic and not influenced um, that sometimes we don't even get to know because they just go ahead and post it on their Instagram or, or Facebook. And they talk about outlet and we get to know because somebody else tags it and somebody else kind of comes to know that's the best kind of story. But as a business, we also want to try to encourage people who, um, who have had such positive experiences. Um, We want to get them to share because again, for me as a, as a marketer, it's it's not only important that we uh, we get the word out. It's it's important that other people get to know what's happening, right? It's it. Otherwise, I would not feel responsible if I'm sitting on a uh, if I if I'm not collect, uh, getting people to share these stories because it's so important to the the well being of your infant. Um, so we encourage people. Um, we try to get people to share on Facebook and and some of the social media channels. But we also have something on our website where we collect those stories more aggressively. Um, the other thing that we do is we we um, call people once in a while that have left us positive reviews, and we ask them if they um, ask them to share what it is about the product and the experience that actually helped them make uh, give us such a positive review. What what actually happened? What was the kind of the story? What happened there, and how can we make make more of that work. Um, I think it has two positive benefits. One is um, it gets people to talk about Owlet. It gets people to share about Owlet. But it also helps us understand 
um, what is the true impact of this product? Where are the thing? What what are the things that are really helping, and what are the things that are that we can improve on? So it really creates a nice virtuous cycle of uh, feedback and insights that we can take back to our internal product development teams and hopefully make our product much better. I'm glad that you go and make the the second ask, or, or perhaps what to them is a is a second uh, a source of feedback because you're right, and that's something that. I suppose I should understand, obviously, but um, if somebody comes in and leaves, in this case especially, Alan, a rave review, this is amazing, best product I've ever had, and they do, and, and you don't get the why, you don't really lose anything from the positivity of the words, but you certainly would appreciate to know the bigger impact there. Because mm-hmm. one person saying one thing is, is great, and, and as I'm sure you know, and as the statistics state that you know people telling other people what to do or, or how to behave or what they recommend uh, is a great motivator of action more so than almost any other method. But to give that that meat, that like reason why, um, is really powerful. So I'm glad that you do go back and you ask them a second time or, or, or you dive deeper. Um, that is very, very important. Yeah. I, you know, the other, um, the other unintended consequence of that is um, when we share these stories internally uh, in the company, it basically strengthens the the mission-driven nature of the company and the reason that people come to work here at Outlet every day. Uh, people are reminded constantly of, gosh, this is a product that parents are saying have saved their baby's life. What can be more meaningful than that? So it kind of creates this um, this culture and this this sense of, yes, we are truly mission-driven. We are actually you know, walking the walk versus just talking the talk kind of a thing. Exactly. To walk to walk the walk is very, very important in this day and age for any business. Yeah. Yep. So I think you've mentioned a couple of the ways, um, mm-hmm. but when you get these fantastic uh, testimonials, obviously, or not, I want to, I keep saying testimonials. It's not just, it's not, I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of testimonials, but it might just be sort of um, unattached positivity. I see that you have some places on like your website, for example, where you'll position those. How, are, how else are you amplifying those words? Um, and what I'm getting at here is really the root of the show, being authentic influence. And I'm of the personal belief that uh, a business is showing its most authentically uh, influential side when it's taking the words of its consumers and putting them front and center. So how else, yeah. uh, or, or maybe, are there plans for new ways to do that or uh if not, what are some of the current ways in which you do it? Yeah, uh, I think the I think I mentioned some of the things that we do. You know, we don't really try to uh, meddle too much with the voice of the customer. Uh, mm. We want we want them to be. We, we want to showcase as authentic as as um, as authentically as possible what the customer or consumer has said to us, and we want just for them to talk in their voice. And so we kind of collect these stories. We put them in our, um, in our media, uh, social media channels, but we don't really do a whole lot with kind of massaging that stuff. Um, we, right now we are, you know, we have a, about 600 stories that we have collected over the, you know, last few couple of years or so of parents who are telling us in their own words, what happened and how they used the outlet and how it was, um, how it has helped them uh, in, in some cases, how, it was just life-changing, transformating for them. 
I think the one thing that we haven't done a good job of yet is uh, kind of encourage this referral cycle. And I come from Dropbox where, you know, Dropbox basically grew in its early years purely based on word of mouth and referrals. So I want, and I've seen the power of uh, of, of something like that and uh, of how much um, that kind of thing has uh, impacted the company's growth. So what I want to do is is kind of the same thing, but I want to do it in a way where it's, it's more um, authentic to your point. Um, you know, I don't want it to be one of those where, uh, hey, you sto- share your story with 100 people and we're going to give you $5 off or whatever, because that's not who we are. That's not on, on brand for us. It's not the kind of thing that we want to encourage. What I'd like to do instead is, is to say, you know, whether you you uh, you bought this product for some reason and you had a great experience, uh, whether you were looking, uh, whether you knew that was going to happen or not, um, I'm sure there are 100 people out there who who probably don't realize that they need a a smart sock. They don't realize that the smart sock can do all these things for them. They don't realize that, you know, they may need the smart sock for all of these X, Y, and Z reasons. Would you mind sharing so that we can get this message out to broader sets of people? So I want to do it in a way that's more authentic to us, more on brand for us, more in keeping with our mission of, of helping reduce this idea of SIDS. So um, that's the one thing that we are going to be working on in 2020 is how do we create a new engine around word of mouth or, or referral that that is in keeping with how we want to take the message to market, but also helps obviously commercially. Well, that's great. Uh, and yeah, to be able to, to tie that to, well, business goals in an authentic way is always um, a top priority. And I think it's a top challenge and top question for a whole lot of people that they are trying to tackle. So much so that it leads me to ask about what they could do or perhaps how they should start. This is some of that advice that I was teasing out a little bit earlier in this interview. You now have been running the show over there for a few months, but you have plenty of of leadership experience just in building up brands and growing things. And the people who listen to this show are tasked with the same, whether they are sole proprietors or whether they are part of Fortune 500 brands and just looking to make their way and and generally build better, more direct relationships and more authentic brands. But as we have also stated during this conversation, it's not just the role, and we stated it in the context of the CMO role, but I think it's broader within marketing. It is always changing. And of course, agility is important. Um, Since the rise of social and even more so within sort of direct-to-consumer businesses taking off really since like 2013, 2014-ish, we have seen what marketing really means uh, move a lot. And perhaps in seeking advice, I start with this very, very high-level question, which is what is the best maybe value a person can embody when seeking to build that authentic brand, regardless of those changing definitions of what makes for a great marketing leader? Yeah, I, I would say the I would say really focusing on um, the this idea that uh, I, actually let me take it a step Please. back. I I think the the best question, the probably uh, one of the best questions that a marketer can ask is how is this product transforming somebody's life and if you um 
if you have a great product, there is usually something, a one use case, one thing that the product does for uh, a, sliv- a segment of customers or a vast majority of customers that's literally transforming the way that they are, uh, that they the way they live or work or or interact or uh, you know do any of the other stuff. So I think that's the that that feels like the one core thing that a marketer has to keep in on top of mind always. And whether this is a product that um, that has been in the market for a long, long period of time, or if it, or is a new category creating product like ours, it's always the, that question that you keep asking because the market evolves, consumers evolve, the product itself has to evolve. And so without that anchor in that basis, it's really hard to figure out how you are, how you show up as a brand. And so um, as we, as I have, you know, I, I have worked in, uh, Fortune 100 companies uh, with uh, brands that have been established and have been are universal uh, for you know 30 years across the world. Like Electronic Arts, I worked in the the, the Electronic Arts um, sports franchise, and I think a last vast majority of people know what EA is and what FIFA is and all the kind of stuff. And I worked in uh, in companies like Dropbox, where um, it has it was it's it's kind of one the the product does one thing really 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 well for um, a vast majority of people and people know it it's become a household name and now i'm at outlet where we are um, making a product that pretty much most millennial parents have started to get to know uh, right so but the 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 underlying philosophy of all of that is as a as I'm building my brand, as I'm thinking about what the product is and how it how it needs to show up, what is it? What does it do for my customers? And it's not just the the customers as a big average swath. It's about what does it do for this early uh, adopter segment of customers, and then what does it do for the early majority segment? What does it do for the late majority? What does it do for like the laggards? So it's just kind of keeping a really really tight. Um, view of how our product is helping each of these segments and how it's transforming their lives and how we can speak to the benefits of the product both at a functional level and an emotional level so that it helps people understand what the product can do for them i would say that is the crux of every single brand um, story that i've been uh, a part of so um, that's the one big advice that i would give is despite which which stage of the company which stage of the product that you're in, as long as you know who you're appealing to and why that product appeals and how it's transforming, you have a, the makings of a brand. You can make that a huge thing. And keep in mind, it's not like, again, go back, going back to my personal philosophy of growth mindset, nothing remains constant. Everything changes. So you're likely having to change along with the market, along with um, everything else as you go forward. Um, that's, that's kind of one, one big thing that, that I would focus on. Well, I really appreciate that advice. A lot of times folks who need that inspiration, that motivation, that, that galvanization to go forward really just need to know either that, the one thing, the first step of value, things like that. And so I'm glad to get your contribution to that. Um, it was great for all of this. I, I really do love what Owlet is doing. The mission is is clear, it is strong, it is important. And I'm sure that over the next uh, months, years, uh, however long to come, um, you will continue to do 
great things at, at the top of the chain here for Alex. So thank you for sharing a little bit of your perspective here and for giving that advice. And I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see everything that's yet to come. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you so much, Adam. Great to be here. Thank you so much to Caddy Srinivasan from Owlet for joining the show today. Really, really interesting stuff. And although I'm not a parent yet, I have an idea of what I'll be using once I am one. If you like this show, here's what to do. You use LinkedIn for stuff. Typically, you see some job updates. You see some thought leadership. Well, that is where we are, specifically in that thought leadership bucket. Authentic Influence Podcast. There's a LinkedIn page there. Go give that a follow or just take a look. It's where all of our new episodes get updated. It's where clips from the show will go, and it's where other generally good tidbits will also live. I'm also there personally, Adam Connor. You can connect with me if you want. Let me know what you want to see next. I have gotten a lot more of those messages recently. And that's been really nice. It genuinely makes my day. And then the last thing I'll plug is um, if you listen to this show via like an RSS feed, an iTunes or a Spotify, stay subscribed there, of course. You'll get the show as soon as it comes out. It's also where you can leave ratings and reviews. And this is where people sort of outside of LinkedIn can see what you think of the show as well in the case that they'd like to be a first timer to this community. So if you feel so inclined, do that too. Again, that makes my day just the same. I'll be back again on Monday with another fantastic interview with a great brand doing some great things to become more authentic through mobilizing its masses. And until then, have a great weekend and for Authentic Influence, I've been Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.